Today I would like to share with you some thoughts that have been in my heart for quite a bit. And the title of my teaching this afternoon would be, It's not good for a man to be alone. It is not good for a man to be alone. One of the reasons I have a desire to speak on this topic because of what is going on in this world. Looking around, pastoring now for about three years, talking with families, sharing, sharing with families, seeing issues in the families. As a young pastor, trying to counsel some of the families that, that they should be my father and mother. And it's tough and it's hard. And, and people make decisions in life, especially when they're young. And it affects all of their life. Sometimes we can go to the store, buy something. And if we don't like it, we can return it. Not with marriage. Once you got married, the Bible gives only limited, limited options for a divorce. But we live in a day of age of divorce. It's kind of like a word on a street. You don't like how the person talks. You divorce them. What happened when you were dating? Uh, you know, when, I, I don't like this about him or her. We, we don't match. We, we lost interest. Do you know that if you go to a place, maybe on a vacation or something in the evening, if you light a bonfire and, and you're, you're just there for a while, if you don't put wood on that fire, that fire will die. And you can blame the fire as much as you want. It's your fault that you did not put wood on that fire. It's the same thing in marriage. Same thing with relationships. Same thing in our life. Marriage, it's work. If you thought that marriage is vacation, you're mistaken. <laughs> marriage, actually, it's a lot of work. I was thinking that statistics say that about 50% of marriages, they end up in divorce. If you've been remarried the second time, statistics say that 60% you're more likely to get a divorce. What about the third? The third one you should get it, right? No, he says it's actually 73% you're more prone to get divorced. But if we decide today to live by the word of God, we will be all right. We will be all right. You know, in the day of age we live with social media. With just going on Facebook, going on things. And you can find out everything about a person. But so often in marriages, we say that we did not know about that or this or that. I'm coming from a former Soviet Union. I was born in Ukraine. We, we lived a life really poor and a big family. But I remember my parents sharing their story how they were young. And back in the day, my dad is 72 years old now. But back in the day, they did not have what we had, the opportunities that we had, and dating for them was unheard of. The way people would get married, a lot of people, especially Christians, they would go to the pastor if they liked a girl, and they would just go to the pastor and find out how is her walk with the Lord. The second thing, is she available? And the third thing is, I would like to get married. And people would meet only a few times, parents would meet a few times, and they would just agree, and they got married. I'm not suggesting that you should do this, all right? I'm just saying what happened back in the day 50 plus years ago. But what I'm trying to tell you now that marriages are standing till this day. We can disagree how wrong that might be or how right that might be. But my point is this, that those marriages, they were not perfect. But people chose to be committed. And to this day, even in the village where we grew up, 
for non-believers to get a divorce, it was unheard of. It was unheard of. And this is how people were getting married. Today, we have all these options. You date for 10 years, right? You have to get to know them for 15 years. And then when it's time to get married, it's almost too late to get married because you're, you're, so, you're so in your own ways that you don't want to budge, right? And this is how we deal with relationships today. But the Bible says it is not good for a man to be alone, for a woman to be alone. And that's why God instituted marriage. It was given by God. And the Bible says that it's actually better for two people to be together than one. You'll go further in life. And let me be clear that marriage, according to the Bible, it is between one man and one woman. My wife and I, we got married five years ago in 2014 on the 4th of July. All the people in America were celebrating their Independence Day when I lost mine, right? <laughs> I have dated for about one year with my wife and it was quite a journey. She's from Texas, she's an American. Usually we stick to our own culture, right? To our own people. But God has brought me uh, through the circumstances in life. And I went to a Bible school. And, and this is where we met. But for about one year we were dating. And she broke up with me about three times. She never wanted to get married. Especially to me. But I don't know what she was going through. But in her mind it was that she's okay alone. But I was insisting the Bible says it's better two than one. I was pretty persistent with that one. And for some reason, she was just afraid of marriage. And maybe there's people in this room that you're just afraid of marriage. You're just afraid of, of dating. You're afraid of just getting to know somebody. If somebody's asking you to go for a coffee, it's almost like a weird thing happened to you, you know. You're changing your phone number now. You have to, you have to change your address, you know. And there are some people like that that are just afraid to take this step. And my wife now, back then, she was a friend of mine. And she used to tell me that, I don't know how I'm going to spend all of my life with you. And I'm sitting and thinking, what do you mean all of your life? You're about 30 years old. Half of your life is gone. It's just another half. <laughs> and that worked. That actually worked. My wife started to think, I was like, huh, it's actually true to that. It was easier for her to process. I'm not suggesting she will die at 60. Don't get me wrong. I was just in that moment, just a thought came to my mind that, listen, you already lived almost half of your life. It's not all of your life. It's just another half. You can do it. And, and, and she said yes. And we have been happily married for five years. We have been happily married for five years. have two little beautiful daughters. And God has blessed my life. And it's true, I did not deserve it, but it's His mercy upon my life. For all the single people that are here in this room, and in the end of my message, I'll get to the married ones as well a little bit. But, you know, usually the, to the married people uh, or to the married couples, it's best for somebody with experience to speak. So... I won't have a whole lot to say to the marriage. We'll, we'll leave that to Pastor Carter to share. All right. But to single ones, I do have a, quite a few things because I've been through that stage of my life. But actually marriage is the second most important decision you will ever make in your life. The first one, of course, is following the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And marriage comes with that. I think there is a saying that if you 
want to taste what heaven is like on earth, married to somebody that is godly. But if you want to taste like what hell is like on earth, married to somebody that is ungodly. And this is the decisions we have to make today. I mean, we can, it's a little bit funny, right? But this is stuff is real. My brother and my sister have been in some homes that, that you just have to be there and you don't know what to say. You, it doesn't matter how much you're going to share the gospel with them. It doesn't matter how much you're going to share the word of God with them. They know their ways. And, and, and you can't wait to leave that home because of the pressure that is in that house. And it's important. It's the second most important decision in your life. Often people get either too early into marriage, into relationships, or too late. But the Bible says actually there is a perfect time for everything. Know your season. Ecclesiastic chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 says this, but I'll just read two verses. Verse 1 and 2. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 2. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plan and a time to pluck what is planted. In different words, you did not choose to be born. It just happened. Somebody made the choice for you. You will not choose when to die. Our days are numbered by God. But we have the choice. The decisions we make in life after we're born until we die. And one of those big decisions is marriage. So many people rush into relationships because it seems like it's cool. I mean, you go to kindergarten, kids already like each other. Then you finally think maybe this is just, you know, kiddish thing. I'm going to go to preschool or, or high school and you move on. And, and there is everywhere. It's like feelings buzzing around and you can't stay still. It's almost like you have to be in a relationship. I remember when I was in high school, if you were not in a relationship, you were a little weird. You almost looked prestige to be able to walk. You're 15, 16, 14 years old. And you walk with somebody by the hand. And you, 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 you're cool. But you're so oblivious that you don't have a job. That somebody paid for you to go to school. You don't have a car. A school bus picks you up and drops you off. And all of these things. But you think you're ready for a relationship, right? I remember when I was about... 10 years old, 12 years old, you always want a relationship and you have that girl that you like in high school or in middle school. And then you grow up a little older and then you kind of switch. And then when you're about 56 and 17, you, you think you're ready to, to conquer the world. Parents are telling you, Pavel, what's wrong with you? You're only 16 years old. I know everything. I think I fell in love, right? <laughs> And parents are there to, to guide you, to tell you, you know. And if you're a parent here or if you're a young person, listen to their advice. They live the life longer than you. But for some reason, I wanted to do my thing. And, and obviously, I did not get married and I, I was 27. And if I was in a position that, or, or if I would get married when I wanted, back in the day when I was 17, 20 or 23, let me tell you an honest truth, Okay. I'm not sure if I will be here today speaking this message. Because my life could have been always probably different direction. But God knows. God knows our thoughts. He directs our steps. He knows what we need. Amen. My daughter is three years old. And man, every few days she comes to me. And uh, the, Pastor Carter has a grandson 
Ben and Kate, and his name is Luke. And, and they go to daycare, and they, they think that this is the whole world, you know, just three kids in the daycare. And, and she comes home and says, Daddy, I'm going to marry Luke tomorrow. <laughs> and, and a few days passes, and again, she reminds me, you know, she reminds me to save money. But she's three years old. She's three years old. But how true that is in our life. Why am I giggling with her when she says this? Because she's a child. But when a 15-year-old comes and tells me that, that concerns me now. Right? That will concern me. And that's why the Bible says there is a time and season for everything. For my three-year-old daughter right now, it's the best thing for her to be in daycare. Not to get married. In daycare. Right? And for her to grow, for her to learn. A best thing for those that are in middle school, for you to be in middle school. To go to school, to get knowledge, to, to grow in the ways of the Lord. If you're in high school, the best thing for you is to stick to high school. Keep all the energy into the books. Keep all the energy into what your parents are investing into you. And if you're in college, some people can do both. They can be married and in college. I did not do college. I did not finish college when I was single. So I had to do when I had two kids. Trust me, it's so hard. So if you're here, go to college when you're single. And don't date. It's easier. <laughs> My point in all of these stories to share is that God has a time for everything. He had a time when he created me and you. There was a time when he created the heavens and the earth. There was a time when he put the stars by his hand. There was a time when he called you by name. Everything has its time. And if we walk away from that time and we want to do our own thing, we're placing ourselves in a danger to get hurt and to hurt other people. When I was 22 years old, I went to Summit for three years. And I began to invest the things that the Lord has placed in my heart into me, into my heart. Reading the word of God and, and praying and, and seeking the Lord. And, and at the age of 27, this is when I got married. And the rest is history. You see, when we wait on the Lord for his timing and acknowledge him in all of his ways, the Bible says that he will direct our path. This is what the Bible says. It's a time when we put our effort in the Lord and in the word of God, doing what is right when I'm young, going to, to school, going to a Bible school. You know, some, some people were looking around me and they, they were thinking, what is wrong with you? Why are you going to summit? They, they don't even, they're not even accredited. You're just wasting three years of your life. Why, why are you doing this? But, but my response was this. Even if I go to summit for three years and I will be a godly father, it's worth it. I don't have to be a preacher. I don't have to be a pastor. I did not even know where God is going to take me. But it's important for young men, especially young men, to get grounded in the word of God before you get involved with anybody else. The Bible says that how can a blind man lead another blind man? The result is both of you will fall in the hole. Both of you will fall in the pit. So, so for us to be able to keep our eyes open, we can only do this through scriptures, through prayer. Being in the closet room and saying, God, lead my life and bless my life. You see, when we wait upon the Lord, he directs all of our path. For us, is one of the most important decisions in life. But for God, it is not. 
Because he knows us and he designed marriages. He knows the best for all of us. Amen. So many, so many people get involved in relationships without praying or waiting on God. They say, I know everything. Have you met that generation? We know everything. We know everything. We know what is best. But when issues come, we call our parents. We call our pastors. We go through counseling. What happened with knowing everything? So it's best to seek that help in the beginning. If the right time came for you to be in a relationship, remember what? When dating, when dating, it's being intentional and committed. But if you're not intentional and committed as a result of marriage for that relationship, you're not ready even to date. You're not ready even to date. Some people said, well, I just need to get to know him or her. What about your life? Is your life, is my life in order for that? Are we ready? What happens if everything is check, 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 and, and it's ready to go? Are you ready to get married? Oh, no, no, you need a year to date. Who said that? Who said that? We come up with things because we just want to hang out and share our emotions, but our life is like an apple. Give a bite to this person, give a bite to this person, give a bite to that person, and then we end up with just the stuff that we throw into the garbage usually with the person that we are ready to spend the rest of our life with. It's amazing sometimes how we think. There was a person that, a friend of mine, he was a flirtatious guy. And he was flirting around. And, and, and you know, girls sometimes like that. Let me, let me tell you the truth. Sometimes girls like that attention. And, and the guys, man, they, they pick on that. And, and he came to me one time and says, Pavel, when do you think that I'm ready to get married? I said, when you stop flirting with everybody and you're committed to one. <laughs> it was easy. It, it, what are you ready? It, it's when nobody else interests you, but there is a person that, that it's on your heart. And you don't run to her. You don't get her number and you don't get her address. Forget about the address. The address is only after you get married, right? But, but it's on prayer, in prayer first. God, what do you think? When I met my wife, I began to pray and I said, God, you know what is best for me. If this is your will, you lead me, guide me. But if it's not, give me wisdom. Because it is a life. That I'm dealing with. It's not just a friendship. It is a life. It's emotion. It's a heart. And the Bible says that God is the God for those that are, truly, that are treated unjustly. For those that weep. For those that cry. God is going to deal with those who are breaking hearts. It is so serious, my brother, my sister. Sometimes you can miss your timing as well. There is a perfect time for everything. And God gives you opportunities. But oh no, no. The nose is crooked. The hair is not blonde. You know, the ear is a little bit this way. And, and God says, come on. You don't have to live with all of that. Because all of that is not going to be relevant after we get married. Right? It is a character that we live with. It is a condition of a heart. It is a person that we live with. Some people look to get married. And to be in a relationship with those that are so perfect, so perfect from the outside. But inside, it might be poisonous. And this is what's one of the problems. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. A guy can put a facade that everything is cool, but with the inside, he's a murderer. Because he will hate you when you tell him, I'm not going to do that because it's ungodly. And it's so important for me and for you to say, God, help me to know my timing. You see, Jesus says that 
there was a nation that did not know its time. Jesus came to Jerusalem. He looked at Jerusalem. And there was the time when they were waiting for the Messiah. But they were so occupied with their thing. That they did not recognize the visitation from the Lord. And so often in our life we can be so occupied with what we do. That we do not discern the time. But the Bible says that God is a God of order. God is about, about timing. And God will lead you and guide you. Amen. You might search. You must search for a good spouse. Not just for a spouse, but for a good spouse. Proverbs 18, 24 says this. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You see, when you're good, you have favor from the Lord. But not good in your own. But what goodness is found, it's, it's in a relationship with Christ. For me, when I see a person that loves the Lord, that's actually what captures my attention. It doesn't matter how cute you might be or how ugly you might be. The point is this. When we find ourselves in the Lord, we become perfect through His sight. Amen? And the favor of the Lord, it's upon that family. Some believe that to be true. Some believe that to be true before they, young, they get married. Some believe that they, they, should, they should stay true to that one mentality. Have you heard that this word that people say there is the one for you? Those people are still searching for the one. <laughs> and and, and they, they, they stay for that, in that position. No, there is the one. Well, well one of the theories is that the statistics say that actually there is more women in the world than men. So what are we going to do with all the rest of the women? Right? That's why God gives us a choice. We're not going to, something goes wrong. God, this is the one you had given me. No, God says, you choose. Choose today who you're going to serve, right? Choose today who you're willing to be committed, who you're willing to love and cherish. But the problem is that sometimes people marry the one. And shortly after marriage, they, re they realize that it was not the one. What happened with the one? What happened with the one? You see, we change the way we think it's best for us. Today we might think one way. Tomorrow we might think a different way. So many people try to find their spouses in the wrong places. In the wrong places. In the wrong time. In the wrong places. You see, the Bible says, he who finds a wife. You have to look not online. Not on dating sites. Not on all of these things. But the best way in a Christian body to look for a wife is actually do life together. Come to church. Do ministry. Serve. Does the, you know, sometimes you don't even know at work if, if a person is a believer or not. Because they're so ashamed that if I say that I'm a believer, I'm not getting a relationship. But no, you search in the right places and in the right time because God is a God of order. Amen? Amen. But first, start searching in prayer. First, start searching in prayer and asking God, you know what is the best. For me, the dealers, when they make these cars and, and the engines, they suggest a certain type of oil to be changed for that car. But sometimes we like to go cheap, right? And we go to Walmart and, and buy the oil that, that is a little bit of a knockoff and, and we put in that engine, but it was not meant for that engine. The dealer who designed that, he says, this type of oil you need. But we know better because we just want to go cheaper. 
And sometimes in relationships like that, we want to go cheaper. We, we just want to go around things. We don't want to listen to the designer who is God, who designed us, who created us, and knows what's best for us. We want to go to different places where it's a little bit easier to hang out and find somebody or a companion. You see, the Bible here says here that he who finds a wife. It doesn't say he who finds a girlfriend, finds a good thing. But it says he who finds a wife. You see, according to this verse, you don't just become a wife when you get married. You become a wife when you carry yourself like one. I've heard a preacher once says a few years ago that, what do I mean by that? It's actually when you carry yourself like a wife, a husband will find you. But if you carry yourself like a girlfriend, boys will play with you. And how true that is actually. That it's actually a state of our hearts that some people are actually married and they still operate in the spirit of a girlfriend and boyfriend. They're unfaithful to each other. But the Bible says, he who finds a wife, it's a state that we carry ourselves in. Understanding that we are taking. We are taking already. 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says this. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God. So what do I mean that you are taking? Here it says, the word of God says, you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You're not your own. A price was paid for you. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It is not just my body. I don't belong to myself, but I belong to God. He bought me with a price on the Calvary. And he washed me cleanse. And now I have to act like I'm a Christian. I have to walk this Christian life. And that's why he who finds a wife. It is not once you get married, all of a sudden you're a wife. It can be on a paper. But if the heart is not changed, when we're carrying ourselves like one. We will have issues in marriage. But when we understand that we are bought. We are not our own. We don't belong to ourselves. We will begin to walk God's way. Amen. Amen. When a guy comes and tells you. Can I go out with you? Can I hold your hand? You say let me ask my boss. Father what do you think? You just start praying right? <laughs> he will be, he'll be scared because you are the daughter of the king of kings. Hallelujah. You belong to him. I belong to him. It starts from hanging out, holding hands, a little hug, a little kiss, and it goes from there. But it's important to be able to understand that my body belongs to God. It's not just my own. I can't do just whatever I want with it. But I belong to God. <clears throat> so many people are looking for the right one to marry. But you need to be the right one in order to get married. In order to get married. So often we just want the other person to be perfect. But you're like everything but perfect. You know? No, no, no. God can. This is opportunity that you had given me while I'm single. For you to work on me. I'm allowing you, Father. To, to mold me. To, to make me to be more like you. Before I commit to this relationship. Before I move into this Relationship, God, I'm asking you to guide me and protect me and protect her or his heart. Amen? Amen. Invest in yourself. 
Exercise self-control. That's a huge one. So often people want to date because they don't have self-control. And they want something out of that dating. They're not ready whatsoever. They don't have a job. They don't know what a job is. You know, they sleep until 12. They stay till midnight. It's not normal. But they want to get married. They want to get in a relationship. Usually behavior like that asks for a wrong relationship. It's actually a relationship with benefits. Stay away from people like that. You belong to the Lord. Your body, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Take this opportunity while you're single to fall in love with God first before you think you fall in love with somebody else. Make sure you are the right fit and the person God has called you to be. Especially man in this room. You're called to lead. You're going to give an account. We're going to give an account for our families, for our marriages. And it's so important for me and for you as men to be able to say, God, if I cannot lead myself, how can I lead my family? Help me. And this battle is being fought not in a relationship with, with each other, but with the Lord. With the Lord. Amen? Because God has called you for greater things. So often these relationships that people get themselves into when they're young affects the rest of their life. The rest of their life. Where do you want to go? What direction do you want to go in life? Because that will always determine who you start dating and where you're going to go. Amen? Don't make hasty decisions, but spend time in prayer because you will need them once you get married. Once you get married, you'll need those prayers because marriage, it's work. It is a lot of work. Make sure you have an accountability and ask your parents for their opinion. Yes. Oh, I'm 25. Who cares? I'm 30 years old. I know what I'm doing. No, no, no. Call your parents. Mom, dad, I, I met this dude or I met this girl. What, what do you think? They will tell you honest opinion because from the side, always looks better than from the perspective right in front of you. Come talk with your pastors. You have youth pastors, youth leaders. You have, uh, you have leaders here in this church. Talk with them and, and say, Pastor Patrick, Pastor, what do, you, what do you think about this person? But make sure you're ready to listen and hear for the right response and to be able to receive it. Amen? When it's the right season, remember we talk about the right season in life, when God leads, leads us, and you have found a godly person that loves the Lord more than you. If, if that person loves you more than the Lord, forget about him or forget about her. All right? Meet somebody that loves the Lord more than you. Amen? So once you came to that place where you're the appropriate age, appropriate circumstances in life, you feel like God is leading you, you're ready to take responsibility, you're ready to change diapers. And then in that moment, just go for it, right? Once you find them, go for it. Don't spend five years getting to know them. You're going to get to know them in the end of the fifth year. You're going to say, I don't want to live with this person. Because there is no perfect people in the world. There is no perfect people in the world. And this is the, the strategy, what, what we face today. The people, they, they think they're going to get to know each other. But during the season, they actually fool each other. And throughout time, they get to know each other. And they say, forget you. And people get hurt. And there is tears. 
Don't get involved in a relationship if you're not ready to get married. The basis for a relationship, the basis for dating through prayer should be marriage. Should be marriage. But once you find them, go for it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 says this. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave into his wife. And they shall become one flesh. God created marriage. God created this feeling that we have towards each other. It is okay to like somebody. It is okay to be able to have these feelings. But the Bible says take control over them. Don't let them rule over you. But you take control over all those things. Amen. Just make sure before you propose that she will say yes. Just make sure. You don't want to look like an idiot. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. You still need to talk. You still need to, to feel it out. You know what I mean? Don't date too long. Long dating usually leads either to compromise or a breakup. It's, you, you look at the people that date forever. You're kind of like, it's already getting old. Come on, what are you doing with your life, you know? But don't date too long. Make a decision. Make a decision. If you feel like God is leading you, everything is in order, right? Make a decision. But while when, if you did come to a place when you're ready to be moving into the direction of marriage... It is so important during the season of dating. The enemy is there to just trip you up, man. Because you, you think, well, I'm going to get married to this girl or to this guy anyways, you know. And you start hanging out. You start doing things. And, and, and then you just live a life of regret that boundaries were crossed. It is important to keep yourself pure before marriage. To have boundaries and accountability. It's so important. It is so important. Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 to 4 says this. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That you abstain from sexual immorality. That each one of you know how to control his own body. Not the other person. His own. Say with me, see his own. His own body. Pay attention to your own body. Alright. Don't control somebody else's body. Your own. How? In holiness and in honor. Not in the passions of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. In different words, people that do not know God, they live according to the flesh. But you know God. There is no excuse for me and for you. You know God. Amen? Amen. You know God. Do it the right way. Walk with the Lord. And this time I would like musicians to come and we're going to go into closing and praying in a moment. And this is where I would like to maybe share a few things to the people that are married here. You might be here today and you acknowledge that boundaries has been crossed. You might be married and, and everything is well. You're just moving on. But deep inside of your heart, you, you carry such a pain in you. Because you know that when you were young, when you were dating, when, when you were... When you are at the age of in your 20s, you did mistakes in your life and, and that kind of carries on. And sometimes you might go to sleep or you might wake up. And, and those decisions that you have made, those poor decisions, that sin that it so beset you, it, it's right in front of you and, and it seems like you don't have freedom from it. Today the Bible says that you can come to Jesus Christ and he can offer you forgiveness. He can make you whole. He can heal you from those pains. There might be people actually in this room that 
You may even went a step further that in, in, in your young years, in the relationships that you were having, maybe you even did commit abortion in your life. Maybe you were trying to hide things from your parents because it was so embarrassing. And you're carrying this weight in your heart, in your life. God says, let it go. Come to him. You who are heavy burden. And he will give you rest. He will give you peace. He will restore your life. He will restore your heart. Because he loves you. He loves you. Don't carry your pain alone. When God is offering to take that pain away. Because he carried this pain for you and for me already. We all have regrets. I have full of regrets as well. But one of the things that helped me. It is to be able to be honest with somebody. Find somebody. Find the pastor. Find your spouse. And, and, and be honest. Open up. And, and, and just share those things that bothers you. The Bible says. Confess your sins one to another. That you may be healed. See it doesn't say that you may be forgiven. Because often we run to Jesus. And we confess our sins to him. And he forgives us when we ask him to forgive us. Amen. But then we deal with this pain inside of us. Regrets from our relationships that we got. Ungodly relationships. Boundaries that were crossed. And we're dealing with all these things inside of our hearts. And we don't want to talk with anybody. But this is when the Bible says. Confess this to somebody. And as a result you will be healed. You will be healed. Are you weeping today? Are you hurting today? Because of regrets you have done. Confess. Confess. Get it right. And God will help you. And you will be healed. Amen. Also there might be people in this room today. That you're single. You love the Lord. And, and especially if you're a girl. It's, there's not a whole lot you can do. Right. Guys come on. <laughs> Wake up. Right. But, but there are people that, godly people that walk with the Lord there. Everything is fine. And just for some reason, guys don't want to be committed. What is wrong with you guys? Come on now. Get it right. Run to God. Help. Ask him to help you. And make this decision to be able to say, me and my house will serve the Lord. It's not just me. But make it my house now. Amen. Make it my house. But if you're here and say, Pastor Pavel... I just need help. I, I really want to get married. There are people like that that are weeping because they want to get married. I met people. I've been talking with people like that. They're, they're, they cannot understand what is wrong, what, what is going on. And, and they, they fall into depression at times. Also, I've met people that, that especially girls, when they get to, to a certain age and, and they seem like nobody's interested in them, the temptation is to even go to seek for this attention in the world. And that is wrong. But Pray. Pray today, come, and, and it's nothing wrong. It's actually good to be able to pray and say, God, send me a godly person in my life, a godly man, a godly wife. Help me to be godly so we truly can say, me and my house will serve the Lord. One more time. Me and my house will serve the Lord. Stand with me, please. This is the altar call that I'll give to you tonight.
if you're here today, that you've, you've been through things, boundaries has been crossed, and there's so much pain and hurt in your life, that you don't know even what to do with yourself sometimes, with the thoughts that are coming against you. And you just want freedom and, and, and just to be whole, to be healed. Come. Come to Jesus Christ who can offer you this forgiveness and make you whole. Amen? Because we are not called to be perfect on our own. But we are called to take this perfect gift of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He comes part of us. And we are made whole through Him. Amen? And then the second category of people, if you're here today, that you want to get married. There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually a blessing. You were designed to get married. Only a few were not, according to Apostle Paul. Right? To have the gift of singleness. But most of us have the gift of getting married. And if you're here today, that you will say, Pastor Pavel, I have, it seems like I, I got everything, but I need God to send a, 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 a godly husband. And pray for that husband. I already pray for my three-year-old daughter and for her husband. <laughs> Seriously, I, I pray. I pray for my one-year-old daughter. God, you know who they're going to marry. Keep them, protect them, bless them. And pray a prayer like that because God knows. He knows your needs. And when you acknowledge him in all of your ways, he will direct your path. Amen? Come join me here up front and we'll pray in a moment. Lord, we come to you. And you know our hearts and our life. God, it's just been on my heart to just pray for people that has, have been hurt. People that are here in this room that... Maybe at a stage in their life they have been crossed lines. Maybe they were flirting with sin and it got a hold of their lives. They regret that people might be caring for the rest of their lives. God, in you there is freedom. And I pray, oh God, that you touch our hearts tonight. That you cover us with your grace and with your mercy. I pray, oh Lord, that you heal us. You heal the wounds that are there. Help us to forgive. And give us the grace to forgive ourselves. So often we can forgive other people. But we can't forgive ourselves from just how could I have done that. Lord, I'm asking you to give us the grace to forgive ourselves. Because we belong to you. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God give us the grace to Walk according to your word. We don't belong to ourselves. Either we're single or married. We belong to you. And we're to walk in holiness before you. But we can't do it without you. And we need your strength. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God help us to yield to you. Lord you see the single people that are here in this room. That maybe it's their time. But it seems like. Everywhere they turn, it's like a dead end. Lord, I pray that you keep them. Keep them in wholeness. Don't allow the enemy to come and just bring different thoughts into their minds. To make some decisions that they will regret for the rest of their life. To look for the attention in this world. Lord, but I pray that you bless our young people with godly marriages. With godly marriages. People that love you more than anything else. And as a result, they will love each other. Lord, I pray that you strengthen the marriages that are here in this room as well. 
the relationships. Father, I pray that you come and, and only do what you can do. Father, forgive us where we fail to put wood on that fire. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive us when we have blamed somebody else for the relationship that we are responsible as husbands to be. God, I pray that you cover us with your grace and with your mercy. Lead us and guide us. And let our relationships be honorable to you. Let our marriages honor you. God, but if there are people in this room that are involved in ungodly relationships, give them strength to leave them. Bring conviction to their hearts and to their lives. It's not worth it. But let the satisfaction be found in you. The emptiness that they're looking to fulfill, let it be found in you, O oh God. And you can restore things. You can make new things. The past doesn't have to define us. But it's your word who defines us. As your word says that some were once, some of us were like that. Sinners. That cross boundaries, cross lines. But now, but now we are washed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, thank you, Lord, that through the cross we have forgiveness. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.